Oh, that was good. I was like, we are on the same wavelength. We were. It was good. I'm Joshua. And I'm Brittany. And we're two librarians who talk about sci-fi and fantasy and a little bit of everything else. I got this. I got it. Get your nose to the mic. Oh, yeah. You got quiet. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we'd be good. Because the most important thing about improv, Brittany, is the yes and. And like you just take your cue from your person. Like when you say, put your nose on the mic, I'm like, yes. (laughs) Include a snork. (laughs) Because you have to escalate it. Oh. (laughs) That's how you do it. I should probably say welcome, welcome. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome. So we had an opportunity to talk with your friend, Rachel. Yeah, she kind of reached out. She said, I listened to your podcast. I would love to talk about my line of work because I'm a basically a teen librarian. Yeah. Her job is interesting in that it's kind of a mix of jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even different locations, like not yeah. necessarily in the library, yeah. which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And the fact that she works exclusively with adolescents yes. is also very interesting because, I mean, Cuspe is a tiny library. Yeah. She works in a very large and diverse yeah. library system. Yes. And so she gets to focus mm-hmm. on a certain group. So um, just FYI, this was kind of a last minute recording. So Joshua and I were like trying some recording stuff. Rachel sounds great. Yeah. Joshua and I might sound like we're in a tunnel a little bit. <laughs> we were uh, recording via the Yeti. Yeah. And via Zoom. I hopefully will have fixed the sound as best as I'm able. But I apologize ahead of time if things are a little... um. <laughs> well they are here to listen to rachel it's a short episode anyway <laughs> <laughs> but it's very informative because rachel had some very insightful things to say about working with this rewarding age group yes i hope you get some ideas about reaching out and better understanding your teenage yeah um child <laughs> yeah <laughs> if especially you if you have teen readers because uh-huh. she she does have some thoughts and ideas of like how do we get them more involved in reading or how can we support them yes so it's definitely more of a library-centric episode today, but that's okay, because uh, we are librarians. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, am I going to get sued? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, me either. Okay. I don't know what that was referencing. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a dive into this and see what Rachel has to say. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yeah, hello. So we have a guest today. Rachel, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I would love to. My name's Rachel B. I am a teen services librarian at a youth center that has partnered with a public library. I work for Alameda County Library. We have nine branches in kind of the East Bay area. It's pretty close to city and county of San Francisco, which is where I'm moving roles to be a children's librarian and a manager. So excited for you. Me too. (laughs) I kind of wanted to end my time as a teen services librarian to be on this podcast and talk a little bit about the impact of all of these book challenges, helping young people who are developing their own ideas navigate how to get resources. Before we jump into like how cool you are, can I start with a story of how cool you are? Oh my God. Are you going to share the story of the time I told you you are a mistake? I can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually I was going to talk about how 
So we both went to Linfield College together. Mm-hmm. And we both worked at the library together before Heck we yeah. were actually full-fledged libra- librarians. And the semester before I had worked with not a very nice person and I yeah. didn't learn anything. And the next semester I worked with you and you were, hi, kitty. Sorry. <laughs> That's the adore. The next semester I had worked with you and you were so kind and you answered all my questions and you were the one who actually taught me how to start being a librarian. You were so nice. And I just always appreciated you. And I just want oh, everybody sorry. to know, like, this is my friend, Rachel, who helps teach me how to be a librarian. <laughs> I was like 19 years old. I was a little chubby faced, so insecure. Our boss, who should have trained you, sent out an all staff, all the student worker email. And he was like, hey, everybody, stop doing this. And we all know it was one or two people who was doing that. But instead of having a conversation with those individuals, he sends out this mass email. So I get to work. and Brittany gets on shift. And I'm so excited because I actually have something to say to this really cool, beautiful person. And I go, I heard of a mistake and I thought of you. Thankfully, Brittany is a cool, beautiful person. And she laughed and didn't take that as the dig. I went home and I used a shovel to dig a hole even deeper. But I did show you. I did show you what you had been doing wrong and I wasn't really sure how to correct you but that email came in I'm like perfect opening segue for me to correct this beautiful older woman but you know now I'm gonna be a manager so hopefully I'm not gonna call people mistakes that's probably what you don't do it gave me the perfect material to tease you forever (laughs) (laughs) I was like Rachel am I really a mistake you're like that's not what I meant And you also taught me that we could have fun in the library. You and I used to work the really late night shift and we would do yoga behind the desk because nobody was in the library. No one was there. It was like one in the morning and it was you, me and this beautiful burly man named Sylvan. And I would sing Christmas carols if it was around the holiday season. And I would sit on the desk sometimes, this really giant desk to protect the little library workers from weird patrons. And I'd do yoga or we'd hide under the table. It was great. We did very little work. (laughs) we're like it's one in the morning it's our time (laughs) so thank you rachel for being who you are you're so welcome oh don't make me cry rude all right do you want to do you want to begin the interview heck yeah how long have you been working with teens um this is kind of bananas so i got this job three years and two weeks ago and so i started officially working at the youth center january of 2020 And then two months later, the pandemic started and I was a disaster service worker for a few frantic weeks at a hotel turned homeless shelter. We did, we were the first county building to be open. We did teen services. So for three hours every day during the summer, up to eight kids would come and they were masked and they had their own tables. So it was like librarianship times 20 mat nine, right? And then as the COVID restrictions has been easing and we've kind of been negotiating how to do that. Now I can have like up to 13 kids in a room and it's a lot more relaxed. We share supplies, but I always tell them to put on hand sanitizer after they lick their talkie fingers. (laughs) So it's been three years, but it's been like a bananas three years. I'm surprised I don't have gray hair yet. So um, in your time working with teenagers, what are some of the things that you really appreciate working with that age group? I really love their bluntness. And so when I'm doing reader's advisory, they can be like, why are you suggesting that book? That's dumb. And I'm like, great. Why is it dumb? Tell me what you didn't like about it. And then I can actually get them some good books. When I'm working with 
little kids who might be a little bit insecure or adults who like want to impress me and they're like oh yes I want to read War and Peace I'm like no you don't let's get you something else <laughs> we have those patrons too it's like no you don't I see what you're checking out it's graphic novels which is fine <laughs> we love it's very easy for me to know what they don't like and so I have a better guess at putting together a pile that's kind of what I do I pull up a pile and then the young person can look through the pile when I'm not leaning over their shoulder and they can leave what they don't want and they can take what they do want to check out I find that really helpful when working with teenagers and kind of eliminates that pressure of this is an adult I'm trying to impress her maybe or I hate this adult I don't want any of these books I also love I've been saying goodbyes right to some of my regular patrons I've been letting them know I'm transitioning into a new role and I have this picture book and I'm asking all the kids to like write little letters to me in it and one young person just wrote all the swear words that I tell them not to say when they're in the library and they say Uh, so she just wrote them in a big nice long beautiful line with a period and I appreciate the punctuation I love that about teenagers yeah they're amazing (laughs) Um, what are some things that you consider when you are buying books for teens or recommending books for teens? I think first and foremost, I work at a youth center as a white woman, right? And like 83% of librarians are white women in the United States. And I work in a neighborhood that is predominantly black and Latino. And that includes the young people who come to the library. So the first thing I think about is, am I purchasing books that have characters of color that are accurately represented? Because there's a lot of authors, especially white authors, who may not know how to write about the cultural differences of being a black person in the United States or being a Native American going on a folktale adventure, right? And so some of those stories ring hollow or they confirm biases. And that's not what we want to do at the Youth Center. And so I get to be really picky about finding excellent authors and excellent books. So I think about, because I have 11 to 24 year olds coming into this building. Mostly the middle schoolers are the ones who are reading for their reading logs for school. A lot of these young people have been severely impacted by the pandemic, so they're not necessarily reading at grade level, even more so than maybe even before. So I'm looking for low literacy, high interest. Low high is the librarian term. So we have a lot of upper elementary books in our collection that are right next to thriller horror novels (laughs) that kind of a 16 or 17 year old would want to read. I also think about we have a lot of young people who are active in several different faith communities. So I think about the values in those communities. I want to make sure I've got plenty of books that don't have a lot of foul language, don't have necessarily a lot of self-expression in regards to a young person starting maybe to have a sex life or explore crushes. Like we don't want anything too explicit to overwhelm the collection. I make sure I've got lots of books for young people who either self-censor, they know their family's values and follow them, or kids who aren't ready for that information and they, they want to read something a little bit fluffier, which I love. And then I've got books for that 19-year-old who are finishing their high school diploma downstairs who wants something gritty, who wants something that reflects the trauma that they've experienced, maybe. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. I know, and I'm the only library staffer on site. So if I, if I need help or if I'm struggling, like one time I did an audit of the collection and I realized most of what was circulating was main characters who were boys. And so all of a sudden I didn't have any boy main characters on my shelves because they'd all gone home and hadn't been returned. So I filled that collection gap and I, I dug around for books with boys as main characters. And I reached out to a couple colleagues for some good suggestions to make sure I was going down the right path. So I'm not alone. I have those resources still. 
But it is a lot on my shoulders to make sure that this collection is serving the informational needs of a very niche community in a way that public libraries usually don't have to be so focused. So it's really cool. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned before about students, teenagers self-censoring and stuff like that. What has been your experience with the rash of, uh, I shouldn't say rash, but the... uh, I mean, kind of. We've talked about it previously in our censorship episode, how especially in 2021, Mm -hmm. censorship spiked. So uh, you being a teen librarian, what has been your experience with the censorship rage? Well, thankfully, I work for a large organization. So any sort of pressure around censorship that goes to leadership, folks can submit a form online asking for an item to be reconsidered if they think it shouldn't be in the library or they think it should be in a different section. So that's not my job. And because I work in a closed facility, Kids who can come to the youth center have to be registered members. I don't have a random adult browsing a cart being like, what is this? Right? Like that archetype of an angry old man shaking his fist at a cloud. I don't have that happen at the library. I do consider the information needs of these young people and I make sure that I have books, even books that I don't agree with, right? That's so critical that can help them grow as people and explore new stories and escape reality or develop their own creativity. And so that includes books that I wouldn't read. (laughs) That would include books that I ethically disagree with. As long as there's no harm to marginalized communities, that's the hard line in our collection development at my location. We have plenty of materials if a person would be interested in learning about being a bigot. Like there's plenty of those books at the branches, but I get to be a little bit more particular about what comes in the collection and my boss obviously looks at these lists too I'm not just like "Hmm, let's get this (laughs) there are lines of of making sure I'm not just fulfilling my own biases so kind of the frustration and fear I'm not feeling that directly from the public but I am internalizing it as a library information professional and as a person who went to libraries as a kid but didn't pick up the books I wanted to read because I knew it would upset my parents, right? So I think about that when I'm purchasing books, when I'm having reader's advisory moments with young people, when I'm giving heads up. Hey, I know your family is Christian and this book does get a little bit spicy. You can skip those scenes. You can return the book if it's not for you, right? So I like to do content warnings like that on an individual basis. Um, would you have any advice for any librarians who hope to work with teens? I think it's really important that you evaluate your own ageism first and foremost. And I, as a young person, I was a teenager not too long ago, I was handing out some books to a kid and I'm like, oh, I don't think I should give that one to them. And I'm like, hold up. You're not the parent. You're not this child. And I I read a lot of like the ALA Bill of Rights and they have on the website an explanation of how it applies to minors and schools specifically. I read that on a pretty regular basis just to make sure that I'm not putting expectations on a person based on what I assume their age is, what I assume their maturity is. And I put the locus of control in this young person. And I confirm that if you're reading a book and you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you can stop reading it. You can bring it back. You can tell me this didn't work for me. Give me something else. And I can be that frank with these young people because they're that frank with me. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I guess another question I was percolating in my mind was, have you had any experience with teenagers or young people who are a bit resistant to starting a reading life that say, oh, I don't like books? How do you get those kids interested in a book? 
You can't think about it as a project. I think this goes back to being a good teen librarian. You can't make them, oh, that's my problem child. That's who I got to work on. Can't do any of that tokenization as much as I want to as a perfectionist, add it to my to-do list. You focus on being a good librarian. What all of y'all do, right? You say hello, you learn their name, and then you can say, well, they're in passing. If they're playing a board game, you can say, hey, I know you tried it for football. Why don't you check out this book? Leave it on the table, walk away. You cannot force something on anyone, but especially a teenager, that they've decided, I'm not a reader, I don't like books. You can also try and have a conversation. Tell me about a book you loved as a kid. And sometimes I can find that book and then they can reread it for the nostalgia of it. That's a success. They don't have to read new things. I also like to tell kids, well, you're reading the subtitles on TikToks all day. Like you are reading. You are a reader. You're, you're thinking critically about that information and those videos you're seeing, hopefully. Uh, I have lots of conversations and little workshops about fake news. And so I'm kind of always putting in, let's be skeptical. Let's be curious. But I think honestly... Not all kids will become readers. Like there's a couple kids in, in the three years that I knew them, right? I've known them the whole three years that I've worked there. They've been active in the youth center. They don't pick up books. And I don't see that as a failure because I represented the library as anti-racist, as anti-white supremacist. And so at some point, they can come back to books and know that this is for me and that I can read about this. And I'm not confirming those like, stereotypes about the shishing librarian and the you have to read these books with no pictures and I don't elevate completionists you don't have to complete a book to be a good reader you you just read what feels good that's all that's all a library is for and if you need help with like information or homework I can help with that too but like I don't care about that let's find something fun (laughs) (laughs) that's what reading should be about having a good time yeah it's not a it's not a job or a no homework. it's not homework no you're right job reading should be fun <laughs> or just imbibing stories absolutely so to end with because we are a sci-fi and fantasy podcast do you have any sci-fi or fantasy books that you would recommend to teens absolutely and all of the teens are like Rachel this is so boring but my favorite fantasy series is called the nightmare verse it's by L.L. McKinney I'm waiting for book three to come out because the panorama really put a wench in that but the first book is called a blade so black and it's about about a 16-year-old black girl whose name is Alice, and she's leaving her father's funeral when she sees a nightmare from Wonderland. And so it's an Alice in Wonderland continuation story. Matt Hatter makes an appearance. He trains her how to fight the nightmares, and she can only see them because she's in deep grief, and she's like a chosen one. So we've got all those beautiful, fantastical elements that I love from Harry Potter, and like the classic nods to Alice in Wonderland, except set in this modern world. Like she has a parent she's got to try and keep a secret from and like keep her grades up. So still very relatable. I love it so much, but kids are like, mm, this is too big or Alice in Wonderland's boring. I'm just so mad. Yeah, I know, but it's my favorite and everybody should read it, especially teenagers. <laughs> I've seen that book. I should pick it up. Yeah. Beautiful cover. Oh, so good. Rachel, is there anything else you would like to talk about that we didn't ask you about? I don't think so. I can talk forever. I'm Chatty McCathy. I love talking about fake news. Maybe you'll have me back next time on a a new episode topic. I think I would like to say libraries are for everyone. And that includes the people you don't like. And that includes the people you don't want to see. And tough baloney. (laughs) It is for everyone. You might not get along with everyone in the community, but... What is that saying where it's like a good library has something in it to make everybody mad? Heck yeah. 
And you don't even have to get along. This is something I tell the kids all the time. You can have the thought, this person's really annoying, and you don't have to say that thought out loud, and everybody can have a good day, because you can have your thought, and that person doesn't have to be offended and be told that they're annoying. We can just keep things inside a little bit. (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much for reaching out to us. This was kind of like a last minute interview and you are so type A that you were just like, I'm here, I'm ready. I'm here to talk and you just make my life so much easier. Oh, you're so welcome, Britt. Thank you for having me, y'all. I love this podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's nice to know that other people are listening. Yes. A lot of people are listening. Thank you everybody for joining us and don't forget to watch what you want. Play what you want. And read what you you want. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. This was so much fun. This was fun. Welcome back. (laughs) So that was Rachel, and she's great. And I love her. I know. She's so gregarious. I'm kind of weird with people I don't know. And I felt instantly like, I'm like, oh, I can talk to this person. She's fun. She could be a therapist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Easily. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Very warm and welcoming Mm -hmm. and just so smart. That's our short episode for today. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. What are we doing next time? Next time is a short episode. Is it? Uh, it's going to be Brittany is going to run around and ask some of our coworkers <laughs> about a very important question. But we can't share it right now. Not right now. Mm-mm. I'll give you a hint, though. Beep boop. Bleep, 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 bleep. Beep boop. <laughs> That's your hint. They're like <laughs> listening like, what is the sound that they're making? Beep boop. Burp, burp. Beep. That's that's your hint. That's your hint. <laughs> no, it's not. Guess that sound. No, it is not. Guess that sound. It's a different song. So, so oh it's God. a different song. It's a different song. It's a different song. So, don't forget to watch what you want, play what you want, and read, read what, what you, you want. want. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like listening to Swords and Starships, consider subscribing. You could also leave a review or give us a five-star rating, whatever works for you. And listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out on our Instagram at swordsnstarships, or you can email us at starships at coosbaylibrary.org. Thanks. I'm just being a bad friend right now. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Don't talk to yourself like that. (laughs) Joshua did a smacking motion at me. (laughs) Better knock that off. Don't talk to my friend Britley. 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 Like that. Oh, my God. My friend's name is Britley, and you know it. (laughs) You have many names. Hey, actually, my middle name is Lee. So I could be Britley. That's great. That's great. Don't be Britley. (laughs) Oh, no. My cat's using the litter box. We might want to wait a minute. (laughs)